Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight it's strictly Mick and Tony. Plus one. As we take a look at all the big stories in the news, get serious with sports thoughts, play test Tony, and uh, look to find out what the big sporting events are this weekend. This is our look backwards and forwards on Radio New at Sport. And a fantastic 4-2 victory at Grimsby means Gary Atwood's RHP Colts go into the last match of the season on Sunday knowing that three points will make them champions. That's champions of a league that includes Grimsby Borough, Rushtons, Immingham Town, Lincoln United. And that's little old RHP. Come on, that's going to be the achievement of the season. They play mid-table Walton Bombers. At the Sports Village, 2.15 kickoff on Sunday afternoon, and it's one that everybody's got to be at. Gary joins us for the second time this week at 20 past seven. Collingham lost their floodlit um, trophy crown last night with a 2-0 cup final defeat at Ilkeston against Pinkston. Both goals coming in the second half. The second one, apparently, a distinctly dubious penalty. Chloe Hubbard took the honours with a first place finish in the, Knots, the first round of the Knotts Summer League at Hexgrave. One other noticeable result, the young lady that came in in 15th place, which makes her the 15th best runner in Nottinghamshire over the distance. And she's 28 weeks pregnant. <laughs> Becky Gallup. Unbelievable. And Steve Chettle will become the new manager of Baseford United from July the 1st. The former Forest defender has signed a four-year contract um, with the Northern Premier League club um, and he's leaving his position as head coach at Notts County at the end of the season. The ambitious Nottinghamshire-based club is working towards going full-time in 2020. Can you believe that? And how many years ago as I keep moaning on about that Newark Town played him in a cup final? Four? Five? In two years' time, that club is going to be full time that's absolutely fantastic we've got three big headlines that we're going to talk about and tony's going to talk about billy uh, uh, billy mcneil i'm going to talk about the demise of man united and we're going to talk about the fa pfa team of the year collingham unlucky very they uh, acquitted themselves very very well um it was it was a cracking evening. For some reason, Ilkeston Town, at their new manor ground, have got a bigger problem with mosquitoes than um, and and then midges than Lake Lomond. But apart from that, it Lock was Lomond. a, 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 a lot Lomond. It was, apart from that, it was a great night. Um, but um, I saw Paul Hyde uh, shortly before kick off, and we shook hands, and he said, um, a "Bit worried about tonight." I said, "Simple, Paul." All you got to do is lay on a couple of cracking tackles in the first five minutes and then just let them lose the rags and get themselves sent off and you've won it. And uh, I'm not suggesting they took my advice, but Collingham laid out a couple of lads in the first couple of minutes. Pinkston took it on the chin and played on and, and played very, very well. And... Um, you know, Seth, I've never liked Pinkston. I considered him a, book, a, 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 a bunch of ignorant cloggers. But last night they played like a football team and that was the difference. I mean, not that Collingham didn't, but uh, Pinkston played very, very well and and subsequently beat a Collingham team who played very, very well as well. I would suggest there was an awful lot of experience in that Pinkston team last night. I saw a very old friend of mine on the way out, and uh, basically he said to me, uh, as we jumped into our cars, men against boys, Beedy, Simon Beedham, and he just just said to me as we jumped into our separate cars, men against boys, tell them, won't it? It will. Collingham will have the day. 
Oh, yeah. Collingham will have the day. This is cracking. If you're 18, 17, 18, 19, this is cracking experience. I mean, Collingham could and potentially should have been playing with 10 men after three minutes, evening, Sid. But um, it was basically, um, they did very, very well. And it was, uh, you know, anybody associated with... Uh, with that, that football club last night can go on feeling proud rather than go on feeling fed up. We've had a cracking season. The under-18s, yeah. which will include most of that, but we've got another final on Sunday, and I'll tell you about that one a little bit later on. Um, we'll obviously talk Gary Atwood and RHP Coles, um, our, our RHP Colts, at 20 past seven when Gary joins mm. us on the telephone. So that leads me into, I've chosen three national ones, and it's near the end of the football season, so we'll, we'll talk football. And the legendary Celtic captain Billy McNeil, the first Briton to lift the European Cup, has died this week at the age of 79. He led Celtic when they beat Inter, Inter Milan 2-1 in 1967 and captained the club to nine successive titles, seven Scottish Cups and six League Cups. He had two spells of Celt uh, at Celtic boss and won four titles of doing that and he's also managed Clyde Aberdeen Manchester City and Aston Villa he's been he did suffer from dementia from um 2010 um I did hear tonight that Celtic or your mate Neil Lennon has suggested to Celtic that they withdraw the number five shirt yeah, um, yeah. which you know uh, <laughs> part of me says that's a wonderful gesture because I with legends that this man is I can understand it with Bobby Moore at West Ham I can understand it mm. but don't let it don't let it get out of hand no I think it's alright if you do it with legends but I mean we're talking legends and when it comes to Billy McNeil we're talking on a par with Bobby Moore and, and not just because of that one achievement uh, for both of them, but because of the person they, they both were. They, they were magnificent leaders of men, magnificent men in themselves, and um, for people like that, proper football legends, then stepping down that particular numbered shirt is, is a, a great and good thing. Did a bit of homework. He was born in Belshill, which yeah. was apparently in North Lanarkshire. Oh, yes. Um, he was... Um, initially farmed out by Celtic to a junior club called Blantyre Victoria mm. um, before making his debut in 1958. He made more than 800 appearances and the Scottish Cup final win against <coughs> er, um, Airdrie in 1975 was um, his farewell game. Amongst his many career highs um, was scoring the winner in the 65 Scottish Cup final, ending an eight-year drought for Celtic. You can't think of that now, can you, an eight-year drought? Mm. Uh, he was also found the net in the 69 and 72 finals and the European Cup final of 67, of course, was his, his um, absolute pinnacle. He was only capped, though, 29 times for Scotland. They, all, they always have been a good judge of a footballer, Scottish football. <laughs> I mean, you can't believe that. Can you? you would have thought it had been built round him. No, I mean, uh, <coughs> it's I, mean, I can't think who the other fantastic centre-offs must have been around that stage, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, if it, if you don't know Belshill, uh, if you're walking through... Funnily enough, no. If you're walking through Belshill at any time of day and somebody tells you it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday, just go along with it because they're hard people. And um, it, it was it was just a great great man, and I think um, what Celtic achieved in 1967, the fact that all the players were born within a 30 mile radius of Parkheads. I mean that's proper football, and it's not you sort of pick a French guy, pick a Brazilian, get a couple of uh, Argentinians. Hasn't this? It's, it's, it's legend that is. I'm not I'm not knocking any guys that wants to make a living and, and, and comes in, but. When he played Scottish football, Scottish football was on par with any other country yeah. in Europe. Proper football, yeah, yeah. Now it's on par with Scilly Arms and the Faroe Islands. I mean, I don't know what's gone wrong, but something has gone dr drastically wrong. And I wonder, at the end of the day, when you stop looking for your own. On, on Saturday, my beloved Berwick Rangers will get relegated from uh, Scottish League Two. Does that mean they play... Um, John Connery's team. They 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 will play in the Lowland League. Uh, I don't think they actually get uh, as low as Bonnie Rig as that's yet. The, that's it. As right. yet, Bonnie Rig rose 
but playing a slightly lower level than the Lowland League, but they are playing against the powerhouses of East Kilbride and Stirling University and people like that. So, but uh, but in those days, yes, Scottish football uh, could handle itself. I mean, the Lisbon Lions, 1967, but. There are two legendary football teams in history. There's the Busby Babes, uh, who, uh, who died, the eight of them died in 1958 at Munich, and there's the Lisbon Lions of 67. And the great thing is the Lisbon Lions all lived to enjoy the fruits of their labours, if you want to put it that way. The Busby Babes are legends because of the tragedy that happened at Munich. But, I mean, you go anywhere in the world and meet a Scottish person no matter whether you know they support any other team perhaps with the exception of Rangers and talk about the Lisbon Lions and uh, it's quite an experience to see a hard grown man cry but they still absolutely adore those people and and the one or two Lisbon Lions that are lucky enough to still be alive are treated like gods on the streets of Scotland Moving on to Manchester United then and what is blatantly not the same team as Matt Busby was sort of nah. trying to envisage. The future of dreams turned into the House of Pain once again. It's now four hours since they scored a goal. It's eight hours since they scored a goal in open play. It's seven defeats in the last nine matches. I would have suggested it's probably the worst side since Tommy Doherty got them relegated. Um, I Having mean, watched last night, the keeper was at fault for both of them. He's supposed to be the best player. In Monday's Daily Telegraph, they always give player ratings, marks out of ten for the players. Uh, Manchester United at Goodison on uh, the week on Sunday, uh, David De Gea was given five out of ten. Everybody else in the Manchester United started eleven got three or four. And I have never seen three awarded in the Telegraph before. The man we're going to talk to at 20 past seven never got beat on his near post. And I'm worried about David here being beat on his near post. But, you know, I, I, I go back to my debate with David Pipes last week. Hmm. They gave Solskjaer the job too soon. They gave him on this wave of, you know, he scored a goal in the European Cup final, one as that. And we've just, he's coming here and we've picked up and we've won ten games and we're absolutely wonderful. Since they gave him the job, it's reverted back to norm, hasn't it? That's not Solskjaer's fault. Well, come on, then. Who is gonna, who, who, who's to take the blame in what... The players... When, when, when Matt Busby retired, one of the great, great managers, yeah. Manchester, United, Manchester United, made as a club, made the biggest pig's ear of replacing him. Oh, it yeah. took him... A decade, two decades before they actually got anywhere. Yeah. They've done it again. Well, basically, you cannot replace a legend overnight. Well, look at Forrest. Look at Leeds. <laughs> you know, you can't do it, can you? No, but, I mean, um, it, it took Manchester United an awful long time to replace Matt Busby, and eventually they got Alex Ferguson. And he messed up to start with. It was only a if goal. he didn't win at Forest in the cup, it'd have been. It was only game, a goal yeah. in the FA yeah. Cup by Mark Robbins against Forest yeah. that, that kept him his job. Never did like Mark Robbins. But if they stuck with him, as they did, then great things will happen. Uh, great things did happen, and he had a 25-year legacy that is possibly surpasses even the Busby era. Yes, but he he come to him with the experience of. But they haven't. Awful. They, he broke the Scottish mould with Aberdeen. But they haven't replaced him successfully yeah. until now. With Solskjaer, Mike Phelan and Michael yeah. Carrick. And what they've got to do is get rid of the idiots that are dragging a magnificent name like Manchester United Football Club through the dirt. Yeah. People like Anthony Martial. People like him. People like Pogba, who's a disgrace to football. How did he get in the FA 11? There we God's go. Sake. There's the FA 11. That There's only rubbish. one player out of Manchester City and, and away from City and Liverpool. And according to his fellow players, one of the best 11 players in the Premier League is Paul Pogba. I've been watching football for 50 years. Tony, I've got something wrong. There's one similarity between... Hazard's not even in that. This is... This is this is my honest opinion. There's, Matt Ritchie's not in it. There's only one similarity between Liverpool, Manchester City, and Manchester United. That is that all three clubs 
have superb managers who are going to be there for years. Well, we're going to disagree on this and we're going to bicker the, the, about this. The problem, the difference between the three is that Manchester City and Manchester Man, uh, and Liverpool have some very, very good footballers. Manchester United need a couple of transfer windows before people can see how good Solskjaer is going to become. The difference is, the difference is that Man City and Manchester and uh, Man City and Liverpool have both got experienced, world-class managers. And if the, and if Pep or Klopp says, I want you to run there and back. Look what they're doing with Aguero. Aguero was one of the laziest forwards <laughs> there ever was. Yeah. He don't stop running now because he's been told, if you don't do that, you don't play. Obviously, Solskjaer's not got the same charisma as them two because if, he's, if he is telling the Manchester United players, blatantly they're not listening. Listen to Roy Keane's interview last night. I know you don't like Keane. He said, if somebody's going to take a shot at goal, you should die in front of that shot rather than that shot get on target. And United players was, oh, go on then, see what you can do. I think you can probably save it. Uh. They're not playing for him. Has he got the... Can't think of the word. Um, has he got the ability to make and play for them? We'll see. You think he does? I doesn't think. I think by this time next year, United would have panicked and, and, and he will have gone. Carrick is in his first season... He's only just passed his exam. Faith and I agree with you. Busby was at his best. Uh, Bus Ferguson was at his best when he got somebody like Faith alongside him. Mm. I think they're going downhill, and they're going downhill fast. But this is a sentimental appointment, and the sentimental appointments never, ever work the same with Martin O'Neill at Forest. But you don't um, run an institution... As, as as huge as Manchester United by making stupid decisions, I think this one's a stupid no, decision. Honestly, they, they've, they've got this one right. Tell me now, then, if they'd had the nerve to do what they said they was going to do and appoint somebody at the end of the season, do you think they'd have still appointed him on the back of seven defeats in nine matches, eight hours without a goal? Just, it's, from it's, open play it's a difficult one to say but the overwhelming I don't think they would the, the, the overwhelming evidence initially before his what evidence what evidence place. is there that Solskjaer is a good manager Be he got Cardiff relegated and he went out went back to Norway and come on flow serve can beat the teams over there I don't think it matters what he did at Cardiff and what he did at uh, at so where's uh, the evidence he's a good manager? Oh, we know what go we, we know where Pep's a good manager oh, from. We know where Klopp's a good manager from. Oh, what he did at Mould. I think what he's going to achieve at, at Manchester United... No, 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 you're not answering my... You're being a journalist now. Where's the evidence that he is a good manager? Because of the way that he transformed the team and made it into the Manchester United way... And then he went... Is the right then, fit and then for he the went, club. And then he went to Paris... Parked the bus, got a fluky victory, and hasn't known what the heck to do since because he's reverted back to Mourinho-esque defending instead of doing it the Manchester United way and attacking. But the problem is, is now being deserted by those players who performed well to get him in. Pogba's a mm. but Pogba is a first-class example of what's happened with that Manchester United team. They all wanted all wanted to get him his job, and so they played out their skins, but. You look at the fourth Everton goal on Sunday, scored by Theo Walcott, and when that ball was won in a challenge with Martial, by the time Walcott put it in the Manchester United net, Martial hadn't jogged back as far as the halfway yeah. line. And, and that and, and that and that was apparent last night as well, because the city was running. Pogba was trying. It's going to be an interest. One thing we are going to agree on here: it's going to be one hell of an interesting summer at Old Trafford. It's going to be a very busy one because he's got to basically build a, an entirely new team. And I don't for the life of me know who he's going to retain because none of them are worth a shirt. <laughs> Not one of them. Um, I still think he'll be gone by this time next year. Tony doesn't. There's only one way we're going to find that out. Listen to this show in April next year. Coming up next, somebody who is undoubtedly a world-class manager. OK, we said at the top of the show that... Um, Maybe the resort of the season in football is RHP Colts going to Grimsby for an half past six kickoff in midweek 
in a game that they'd simply got to win, nothing less than a win was any good, that had gamesmanship thrown at them with, oh, we can't play it on a Sunday because we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't do the other. Somehow, and as Tony just pointed out, how the heck do you get 15 kids to Grimsby for an half-past-six kick-off and play the game of their lives and win 4-2? So the man that's going to tell us all about it for the second time this week, we welcome Gary Atwood. Gary, fantastic result. Yeah, the simple, simple really, how you get 15 kids to Grimsby on a Wednesday evening for half-past-six kick-off dedicated parents and dedicated kids that's you can't do it without them I'm afraid so I'd just like to say thank you to them uh, yeah and and, and, massive, and, massive and and this is where the parents have to stand up and be counted and of and obviously they was oh yeah I say I got there for six o'clock meeting time everybody was there I was last um, so no, I knew I knew when we got there. I knew they was up for it anyway. Let, let's just take t- take it back a few days because when when I last talked about this, it was going to you'd got four games to go, and we wor- we'd all worked out that if, if you win those four games, you are going to be the champions. That was yeah, that's, it was actually five. Five was it? So that yeah, was a nice five. and simple scenario. And then you start looking at some of the opposition that you was playing against, starting um, in my little list with. With Russians who, in the past, have been an absolute pain in the neck to you, especially at their place. Yeah, I don't think we've we may have won once. That, I think, but uh, no, it's not a it's not an easy place to go. So you go uh, to Russians and you put six past them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next, n- next up on on my list. I mean, if that's not bad enough, Easter Sunday afternoon. You've got to get 15 lads and families to Skegness. Yeah, well, that was pretty easy because of the weather. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was thankful for the weather on that one. <laughs> but that... that, 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 that after, after 30 seconds, we was 1-0 down. Right. So, it, it was a bit of a, uh, oh dear, what's happening here? But with a minute gone, it was 1-1, so I, was, I calmed down pretty easy. <laughs> but it was always in my book going to hinge on last night I've seen Grimsby play twice this season, they're not a team that I've took a liking to, I can say that you can't, um, they're not a team I've t- I took a liking to but they are a definite team that on the day could quite easily beat any- anybody in, in that division um, Oh, def- yeah definitely um, so that was always going to be the tough one, so just talk us through last night's game Gary please uh, typical RHP went 1-0 down and then that gave us the kick that we needed, really. And then I think half time we was two one up. Uh, then we halfway through the second half was four one up. And to be fair, it was it was pretty comfortable. And then they got a free kick with fifteen twenty minutes to go, about twenty five yards, and the lad stepped up, but he straightened the top bins off the post. So it was a little bit frantic for the next ten minutes, and then we composed ourselves again and then just really commanded it then Grimsby and Grimsby gracious in defeat yeah to be fair great it was was, was brilliant really good so that yeah it was uh, it was gracious in defeat as we we are when we lose so Mm. no complaints there really so the problem now is that everybody thinks the hard work's done because what you've got left now is a home match against a team that's playing for absolutely nothing they're in the middle of the table and they're just playing for enjoyment you've got to convince those same 15 lads that the hard work is still to come that team that you said's mid-table I've got a game two weeks later in the cup final so I'm so, very worried still because they are a good side yeah Yeah, and it will be as I said to him, the five games when we knew that it was in our hands I've just said to him every single game the biggest game of the season it's going to be the hardest game of the season and it's going to be no different on on Sunday it's going to be more difficult than last night so what we need on Sunday afternoon is a big Newark crowd down there cheering cheering them on quarter past two kick off at the Sports Village on the main pitch at the Sports Village if you can get down there on Sunday afternoon to give RHP a cheer please do so and the reason is don't think oh it's just kids football yeah and it is kids football this league involves Grimsby Borough 
Lincoln United, Immingham Town, Rushton's. They're the massive big clubs, a lot bigger than little old RHP. Not so little now, we've nearly got <laughs> 17 teams now. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> you know, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's a fantastic achievement. Gary, uh, we're going to be down there, obviously. Wouldn't miss it for the world. We're going to be down, down, down there. Um, I know you'll do the bit. I know you'll talk to them. And I know, and I know the heads will, will be on. Um, one more, one, so. one, one more thing. We know Ryan, who is probably taller than what you are now gets the goals we know Alfie Price gets the goals but it's the young lad in midfield that I always look to you call him Bongo tell me a bit about him Alistair Stokes been captain since day one uh, and to be fair the position that we're in this year in previous years has had a lot to do with him because last season and the year season before he's grown so quickly he's suffered with a lot of injuries and this year he's played I think all bar one and it just proves what a massive player he is for us really because the position we're in now is no surprise because he's played 99% of the games he looks so, he looks absolutely he, I mean a lot of them look the part but he he makes it tick yeah, but at the end of the day this season we're playing a a lot higher than what I expected us to at the start of the season start of the season we lost four players who would start in any team in that league and I just thought this season we can just hopefully hold our own and then we got to Christmas and we had our best start we've ever had and then it's just it's just escalated and escalated with confidence so I'm just fingers crossed that it goes well for them on Sunday they deserve it the way that they've played this year they, they totally deserve it but if it doesn't we go again next year it's just one of them things it's, um, but I'm proud of them we've had the highest league finish that we've ever had in that top division so at the moment I'm happy and everybody's happy really if it goes our way on Saturday, Sunday it's a bonus well we'll um we're all behind you Gary all behind you and the lads because I say if you if you can pull this off Oh, they can pull this off if all of you can pull this off that is one hell of an achievement thank you very much Gary we'll see you on Sunday get down to the sports village on Sunday and cheer on Newark's RHP Colts Gary thank you so much cheers mate cheers bye. Like bye bye and it will be an absolute fantastic achievement Tony it, 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 it really, and I know people say to me oh you're going on about kids football again that's the future mm, very much so and um, it's it's lovely to see uh, RHP doing well. Yeah. Um, and if you want a manager of the future, I've got that. That was my next line because um, I can see Gary Atwood um, filling the. the oh, uh, he's going to be one heck the, of a man if if he wants it. I, I I I can see him becoming up there amongst the legends like we had in here uh, last night and Tuesday, and also. Um, the, the guy we were talking about, who I once described in the advertiser as the grand old man of New York football, John Handley. Mm. G- Gary Atwood is going to be up there with he those is, three. Oh, he's going to, he's, he's, yeah. Anyway. Is it, right, time to, um... Is it, um, is, is the title, does, does the ta- will they win the title if they win on Sunday? Yes. Ah, so, so is, that, is that the final Simple game as that. The if they win, if they win on Sunday... They are the champions. If they don't win, Lincoln United are the champions. Can't be simple. But I mean, it's it's a headline writer's dream. Isn't ah, Welton Bombers. Yeah. Super. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, it's time. Um, it's time to do sports faults. All right. At the end of the match at Renneth Miners Welfare on Saturday, I went into the hospitality suite with our club secretary, Dave Crampton to pass on the detailed statistics from the game so that he could file his report to the East Midlands Counties League. Three wonderful old ladies who had early supplied us with our delightful tea and sandwiches at half-time, along with the iced buns that are the prerequisite at children's parties or adult football occasions, 
were sitting happily with three large glasses of wine. Their working day was over, as was their umpteenth season as volunteers at Kirklington Road, and they were happily grumbling together about the standard of refereeing that had seen their beloved Wrens slump to a 12-0 home defeat. That sums up a proper club. You can keep your Manchester Uniteds and your Chelsea's. Those three grandmas from heaven sum up what football means to me. Every club needs people like that. And Manchester United and Chelsea have got people like that behind the scenes as well, in fairness. But now Newark Flowserve are taking a step closer to the big time and the club need to be as strong off the field as they clearly are on it. It's all very well for the team to go banging in 12 goals and playing football of the gods and the people of Newark will love them for that. But now we need those same people of Newark to come along to our club and volunteer their services in order to be part of the glorious success story that is happening at Lowfields. My working career as a sports journalist always prevented me from supporting or belonging to one football club. But during my 25 years as sports editor of the Newark Advertiser, I was frequently asked the same question. Why haven't Newark got a football team that puts the town's name on the footballing map? Now we have, and it's the dawn of a great and golden future for football in the town, at last. Now we need more of the good people of the town to come along and earn their glasses of wine at the end of the day. What Dave Illia and Maskey was saying in the week, I mean, this is why football's not quite the same to me, because... You know, it was a family outing for me at Flowserve because Amanda, mm. Amanda sold the raffle and Mum and Dad ran the the tea bar. So it was it was a time it was a, it was our family get together. But you know, as them two said, you know, everybody sat down had a cup of tea before the match, and everybody sat down and put the world to rights and the game to rights after the match. And like your old ra- ladies at Renifer, who are a throwback to. Mm my dinosaur days um, <laughs> um i just liked it more in them days and you know yeah i was there when jason booth scored his first goal after 157 matches and father was as happy as you know he could be and there's the memories that you've got and there's they were, well, and flow several newark and Collingham will still make memories i know yeah but those three old ladies are to me what football is all about yeah i mean there's um I said, they're there at every football club. I don't mean those three, because they've been knackered. But, I mean, you know, the, the yeah, people like that are there at every football yeah. club. And um, it's just that at Newark Flowserve, the football team are going up through the levels of football I think we're very, gonna, very quickly. We're, we're, we've got a lot to talk about Flowserve in the next few weeks, because I... I I'm not going to get excited to where they're going un- until I've actually seen a letter from the Football Association to say they are going. Mm. Then I'll start getting excited about it. I've been in this game too long. Too long. And if it's not absolutely there in front of you in writing, and then you only half trust it. Um, <laughs> you know, I but, can't say any more about the Football Association. Yeah. You know it. What, what, <laughs> what FlowServe have got to grow into, they've got to grow from a team into a club. Again. Because I don't think yet they are a united family club. They're getting there, don't get me wrong, and I'm not knocking them in any way, shape or form. Mm. But there's a... The team on the field, yeah, off the field, there's... There's a bit of knitting to be done. Let's leave it at that and go on to test Tony. We're not going to test Tony this week the same as we have tested Tony. I've got some names and you can make your comments when I've given you the names. I'm going to make life easy for you this All week. All right. Um, so because I've, I've got a guess then. You haven't got a guess this week. You've got week, a script. Yes, because... My goodness. Um, looking back at this week in sport on the 22nd of April 1969, Robin Knox Johnston ended his... <laughs> 312-day non-stop sailing trip around the world. Now, you know I like my mm. sailing in my boat, and I just think that is the absolute pinnacle. If you can go 312 days on your own at sea in a 30, 40-foot yacht, you're either start raving mad or the bravest person I ever know. 
you probably don't start off as start raving mad but you certainly will be at the end of the 300 days because everybody's different uh, Sharon goes out for the night I'm bored but uh, it's, it's like sort of I am an only child I was adopted and therefore I've been very used to being able to entertain myself so I, could, I mean like last night I went to Wilkiston on my own there and back yeah I went there with a the sat nav I came back by the grace of God because it couldn't find my postcode and I got lost in Nottingham at about midnight and it's a fairly scary place to be at the best of times but not when there's various streets you can't go down because you'll get £350 fines as a Yorkshire lad you, so you're uh, lucky you weren't <coughs> lost in Stapleford oh I'm Tony Smith can you help me <laughs> Mm, the name rings the bell. <laughs> yeah. Is this flick knife sharp to you? <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, it was it was pretty scary enough anyway. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we went through a lot of Hail Marys, but uh, we, we got back home. That's one hell of an achievement. But, uh, no, but, I mean, I can remember Helen MacArthur... Yes. ...talking about her time, and she's been sort of tipped upside down and, and slammed off the walls and goodness knows what, and, and she's crying herself to sleep most nights. And that's somebody who likes boats. And he should be a sir, and she should be a dame. Yeah, but I mean, also, you know, if you're gonna get bit, if you're gonna get called a sir for that, doing something like that, it should also be followed by the letters that add up certified. You know, yeah. I mean, it's dearie me. Anyway, let's um, let's yeah. um, move on. Cause on the twenty second of April two thousand and fourteen, David Moyes was sacked as manager of Manchester United. <sighs> now I like him. Don't, I don't dislike him, but he, he he again was the wrong man for the job. He was the right man for Everton. Yes, I'm not disputing that. was a big difference between Everton Football Club and Man United Football Club. Yeah, there was on Saturday. Yeah. Well, Sunday, exactly, rather. yeah. Um, but, but no, it's, but basically, he, he did a wonderful job and, and he, he, he got hold of the job perfectly. One of the first things he said after being appointed at Goodison was, this is the people's club, the club of the people. And it was a real one-upmanship comment over Liverpool. Absolutely fantastic. And and people loved the job that he did, but, oh, my goodness, at Manchester United, he got his pants taken down, didn't he? Honestly, uh, dearie me. And, and subsequently, he's not been very good either. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. He should never have left Everton. On the um, 23rd of April, 1986, Jim Laker died. Ah, of course, Jim Laker, we 193 for wicket, um, wickets for um, for England, but he was the one that took nine for something. Yeah, yeah. Um, a great. I, 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 obviously, we're both too young to see. I can't remember him playing at all. I, I, I've, I can, I've seen newsreel, uh, but um, but he also went on to have a an equally successful radio career, didn't he? As, yes, as, as yeah. a radio commentator. Yeah. yeah. And I think I know him more from those days than can relate to him as a cricketer. But with, with, with cricket, stats don't lie, because if you take nine wickets in any era, then it's a hell of an achievement. On the 24th of April, 1962, Stuart Pearce was born, and we're having no arguments about that. He was None the best left-back in this country, the best left-back that's ever been known, and uh, my mine and my daughter's favourite player yeah. at Forest. And he was somebody, and this is the thing that we'll not argue about, he was one of those players like the Man United players last night wasn't. Every time he put a football shirt on, he gave 100 and whatever percent every time how long have we got for my answer to this you'll love it go on then when i moved down from uh yorkshire to come to newark obviously i could no longer say that i supported leeds united i could no longer support them because i could no longer go to their games i work down here now and so i had a choice do i support forest do i support Notts county <laughs> or do i support mansfield town Mansfield was ruled out because of the transport, because I like to drink before my football, so driving was ruled out as well. Notts County were the poor relations in those days to Nottingham Forest. Hasn't always been the case. They were the number one club in Nottingham for a long time, in the days of Tommy Lawton and all the rest of it. But, obviously, I went to Forest. And I got a ticket for the press box, had a beer in the Jubilee Club, and I thought, this is all right. And then I went and sat in the press box 
Forrest came out, Stuart Pearce punched his arms towards the Trent end. Fantastic. And subsequently, after 20 minutes, they weren't very good and it became, oh, Forrest, you rubbish. Following week, I went to Notts County. It was fantastic. They were a lovely bunch of people. And so Notts County have always been my club since I've moved down here. But as much as I... I then spent 15 years at Meadow Lane as a reporter for the advertiser and I've always been anti-Forest. As anybody who knows me will tell you, I've never had any time for Forest. But in those days when Stuart Pearce was the left-back for Nottingham Forest in England, if I'd have been asked to name a starting eleven for of the best footballers I'd ever seen of that era... Stuart Psycho will be my left back every time. What a player, what a bloke. Got, got to be in it. Um, 19, 24th of April 1973, moving on quickly now because he's took too long answering <laughs> that question. Sachin Tendulkar um, um, was born. He played for India at the age of 16 and he was captain by the age of 23. Not a bad cricketer. Nah, but, you know, he, uh, he brought the mould, didn't he? 1947, the 25th. Yorkshire. The twenty. I'm moving on. The twenty fifth of <laughs> the twenty fifth of April, nineteen forty seven. Johan Cruyff was born. Oh. Of course, no, he died in in, in two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, but yeah. he was born on the twenty fifth April. And I have to say, when you look at the footballers, you know, I, I, I've got no time for Maradona. He's a cheat. I've got no time for Maradona whatsoever. Cruyff, Nayskins, and that Dutch side when they yeah. was in the pomp. Yeah. Oh yes. But I mean, you any have, time you have to be classed for a move to be named after you, don't you? Yes, the Cruyff team. Cruyff. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. that is absolutely dynamite. Um, Johan Cruyff didn't do it any better than Anthony Shermer, but you know, he's still pretty good. Twenty <laughs> fifth uh, of April, nineteen fifty seven. The Crafty Cockney was born. <laughs> Eric Bristow, five times world champion, and I think he's the man that almost single handedly brought darts to the world. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was it, it was the Alex Higgins of darts, wasn't he? You know, I mean, yeah. it just just basically, he he he, he was the housewife's favourite, yeah. and uh, nev- one of those people, uh, famous people that I actually never met, but you just you just saw the twinkle in his eye on telly, and you thought, yeah, I, I'd, I'd have a pint with him. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he would be good for a night out. Oh God, yeah, he would be good for a night out. You wouldn't and, remember it, but yeah. yeah. Finally, on the 25th of um, April 2007, Alan Ball died. And we keep going back to Everton, <laughs> so we may as well finish with Alan Ball and Everton. Yeah, I, I never had much time for him. No? Nah. It, it was white boots and squeaky voice, you know. Always kept getting jobs in football, despite proving he was a rubbish manager. You know, I never had a lot well, of We'll time have a conversation him. one day about, <laughs> about, about, about footballers becoming... Um, managers and i don't think they're very good at that in the main but we we will see good well, footballers don't failed footballers make very good managers yeah i think you're probably right about that hope you're not still listening mr atwood <laughs> <laughs> okay time to start rushing because tony talked too much um <laughs> quick look back at last weekend which saw flo score 12 goals at Renner and then promptly lose 2-1 at west bridgeford on on Monday, uh, which actually got the wonderful comment that they were sunk at Regatta Way, which I don't know if you picked that one up or not. But yeah. Um, uh. um, I can't help it. I mean, 12 nils is rubbish. Forget that. I, win 2 nil on both days, I'd have been much happier. I, I, I was Selston only drew. That could have gone to the end of the season. That was an awful result. You know what? And, and, and I would not dream of criticising anybody at Flow Serve. But please, 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 when you've got somebody of the quality of Reese Lewis sitting on the bench and Jammy playing at centre-back, once Jammy had gone into midfield and Lisa had come on at, at centre-back, we looked a completely different team and it took the West Bridge for goalkeeper to have the game of his life to keep that score down. Yeah, uh, he had a good game. You know, you'd, surely, surely. And I'll, I'll say it to Craig, you've got to pick your best 11. You've got to do... But I, I can't possibly comment on team selection. I'm just there to write about the Yeah, match. okay, but I can. <laughs> I can. And well, I'm not. It, it, but the game did change when Jammy went into midfield. You can't deny it. You even wrote that. Yeah, too right. Um, and, and that was disappointing because that, that 
league championship could have gone into the last week of the season and now it's got a defeat against the points per games ratio and yes i know i've sat down and worked it out and other people have sat down and worked it out but when you don't trust the football association <laughs> at all again i, can't I mean if they it wouldn't from what they said from the start of the season flow said they're going to get promoted Unless suddenly they have a change of direction. If the Football Association ever organise a trip to a brewery, I will drive. So, you know, I, I, this is why I'm not getting excited yet. And this is why I'm so disappointed about that defeat at West Bridgeford. Because mm. it's opened a door that shouldn't be opening. But anyway, that's that, that defeat happened. We can't do anything about it. RHP got beat um, by Hucknall in the Knotts Senior yeah. Trophy 3 1. Apparently they made a very good account of themselves. Yes. One yeah. all that. Um, half time but at the end of the day um they got beat um, by three goals to one and one of the other ones that we quickly mentioned on tuesday night of course that arnold tan were beaten five three and they will finish bottom mm. of the east midlands premier league and again if you go by the rules of the fa they are going to get relegated into step seven yeah. football now step six leagues have never been keen on relegating their own Especially somebody of the stature of Arnold Tan. Now, I'm not saying that... I'm not saying anything. I really am not. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see if Flo Saver playing step five and Arnold are playing step seven. When we lost... Uh, when we won 7-0 at Arnold Town and when we won 12-0 at Renneth, I ended up feeling more sorry for the football clubs that were beaten than elated because Flo Saver had been victorious. Mm. So, you know. Very quickly. It's sad when teams like that go like well, that. It is. Luke, Luke's, well, Arnold Town's days was when they moved ground. It's another one of these. Yeah. You know. Uh, Luke Sayer um, won all four disciplines at the Doncaster Open in athletics. Southall City beat champions elect Stapleford, who had two sent off. Um, Liam Moran scored the goal actually and um, Good. they've got to play each other again in the, in the Senior League Cup final so uh, that um, I hope history doesn't repeat itself I hope they have four cents <laughs> off this time that should be good from Fre Freddie Polak who we've been our, our speed skater you wonderful young man 12 year old yeah. ca came in here Good lad. He, he won the Scottish crown to go alongside the, um, the British crown as, as sort of some of the highlights from last week um this is going to be the last weekend of football for us. No, it's not. There's a cup final next weekend. Cup final. There's a cup final next weekend. Um, it's the last league weekend of the cup yeah, final. Yeah. Um, so those final league matches, Hena Town away. Hena are fourth in the table. Light years away points-wise, but still fourth in the table. Now, I would suggest this is an important match of Flo Serve and they need to win it. Because yeah. if they end with two defeats, I still think they're going to finish in the top nine, but it's going to be close. It's a very, very important game, and it's it's a very the, the, the outcome of the trip to uh, Heaney is going to be very important for you as well because if the sat nav don't work on the way back from Heaney, you could be on your own on Monday night. Well, you see, there's blessings in most of us. <laughs> Every cloud. Every cloud. Um, <laughs> Newark Town are at home to Rennie Shore in their last league match of the season and their last league match at Station Road after an awful long time, I think, there. Um, they are apparently moving to the sports village next season but again the central midlands people's got to come and do the ground grading where i'm sure all the pitches up for it are the changing rooms up for it well, are, yeah. the, are the tea facilities up for it the, the, is everything else in order i don't know i'm playing devil's advocate i don't know apparently. i don't know so we we will see um uh, I, I don't know it's took it's took they, they couldn't move back during the season because of these problems, changing room problems. I haven't seen any differences yet. Ah, we'll see. We'll see. People know a lot more than I do, and hopefully we're going to be talking to the Newark Town chairman in the next couple of weeks, and he will know the story a lot better than he can tell us. Flow Services are at home to Ruddington. That's the start of three games in a week, which will determine if they're going to win the championship or not. If they win the three games, I think if they win two out of three, is it? Certainly, if they win the three games, they are, quite simply, the champions. Yeah, they need five points. Yeah, so, they technically need to win. Yeah, two they games. Need to win two, two games, don't they? Cricket returns um, in serious form when Collingham take on Notts Casuals in the first 
Um, Randall matches only Collingham as a local team's playing on Saturday and looking at Saturday's forecast, it's not going to start too well, actually. It's uh, an awful forecast Saturday. Footballs will love it. Cold and wet, but the cricketers, I don't think, will be so as... Uh, as uh, as keen. It'd be nice if it'd been wet at West Bridge, but we wouldn't have had to play on green concrete. Well, unfortunately, when it doesn't rain for about two months, that's the situation everybody's got. Um, <laughs> I thought that was a cracking little setup. You didn't like it, but nah. I, I, I thought it was a cracking little setup. Nah. I really did. Um, on Sunday, Collingham under 18s play Cleethorpes at Brigtown in the Andy Bandilow Cup final. Now, I happen to know Andy Bandilow, who left us at a very, very young age. It was. Um, Fixture secretary, uh, referee secretary, sorry, at the Central Midlands League. Belting name. <laughs> but he was another one of these guys that gave everything, yeah. everything he'd got to football, and he, he died at a ridiculously young age. Uh, and I'm so pleased that the Links FA of yeah. are, are remembering him. And I know it was a big buddy of Rob Townsend, and I think Rob will, will be there um, as, as, as well, because he, he was actually. He was a gentleman to know. Yeah. yeah he, he really was. And if you've got a problem at all, you just ring Andy up and you talk football. <laughs> sort of it all that. And that's, you know, there's not many of them around anymore. But, yeah. Um, so we wish calling him all the best and I'm, I'm so pleased it's, it's, it's a cup being after, named after somebody who I knew and knew quite well. RHP Colts, as we've said, play the Walton Bombers. Simple. Mm. Win it, boys. Simple. Get yourself down there on Sunday afternoon and support them. It's the London Marathon, of course, this weekend, which we'll be catching up on, on next week. And Nettie Stevens is coming in. She's having a little bit of a rest after the marathon, but she's running it. And whatever happens, here and Paul Davidson, who's going to be a guide, are coming in in a couple of weeks' time to tell us about their day at the <laughs> London Marathon. It's the Longhorn 10K at Forsby Park, for those of them that don't want to run 26 and whatever it is, miles and... Uh, as we've said before, whatever you're doing at the weekend, enjoy it. Next weekend, we're going to be joined by Eden Tranter on Tuesday, and she's going to talk cricket and football and what Bolton doing in a fundraising campaign for an ex-overseas star who's been involved in a bad accident. And Keith Whitfield's coming in on Wednesday night from the golf club, and he's going to have a chat to us on all things golf. So on Monday, it's a weekend wrap, and on Thursday, it's me and him bickering away for an hour probably about Man United um, <laughs> I'm going to end this week though with the undoubted stars of this week because it's the first time that we've actually afforded anybody two nights on, on, <laughs> on, on, on the bounds and I think we could have afforded them the week to be quite honest because David Hillier and Kevin Smith graced us with their presence, graced us with some of the stories, and had us in absolute hysterics. <laughs> and, uh, Tony, you've got about 45 seconds to finish this week off. Well, as I said uh, during the uh, sh show with them, it's, it's the best interview I ever did at the Advertiser. And and, and every every working minute I spent in their company and, and every social minute more importantly but it was just an absolute joy and um, it's great to see their their flame hasn't dimmed any the, 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 they were a tremendous value and uh, it's, it's well worth saying Lincolns thanks very much for your text much appreciated and I'm sure you weren't alone in laughing your socks off at every minute of that one. <laughs> it, it, it was great. If you didn't agree with anything that we said tonight, his name's Tony Smith. <laughs> if you did agree with us, my name's Mick Bradley. We'll see you next week.